in your Bibles this morning, if you'll turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter number 2, 1 John chapter number 2, and the scripture here is dealing with the Antichrist. Now, I want to talk to you just for a second about the Antichrist that's mentioned here. The Antichrist is literally the word against Christ, against Jesus. And John was writing here in 1 John, warning the church and warning Christian people that there are folks who are anti-Jesus. They're against Jesus. And not only were there folks that you would expect to be against Jesus, but there are folks that you wouldn't expect to be Jesus. A lot of them perhaps wearing religious garb and showing up at church on a Sunday. He says, beware of the anti-Christs. And they're going to show up. Now, when we think of the word antichrist, we, our mind, I don't know about yours, but my mind goes immediately to the book of Revelation to the antichrist, which is going to be a, a giant superpower that's going to uh, rule in a big way against Jesus. But what we're worried, and not worried, but what we're looking at and we're to be aware of in John chapter number 2, and today as we live our Christian lives, is the Antichrist. There's lots of people and there's churches and there's groups of people trying, looking to do seemingly good things but are Antichrist. And I'll just tell you, it's one of the greatest concerns that we should have as Christian people, things in, that is cloaked in the name of Christianity that is denying Jesus. It's denying Jesus. Now, uh, the devil is a master of deception. And if you think the devil is going to show up in a red suit with a pitchfork and a long red tail, you're wrong. The devil's not going to show up looking like a devil. The devil is going to show up looking like a beautiful flower. For Adam and Eve, the devil is going to show up like a serpent and tempt them with things that are beautiful in God's creation, like a forbidden fruit. The Bible says that the devil is a prince of lights and he's putting on a show and he's deceiving. We need to be aware of antichrists. We need to be aware of the devil and the work of the devil. And the works of the devil are not going to be these ugly things that are very evident. They're going to be things like traps that are going to be well hidden and we've got to be aware I'm looking forward to preaching this message this morning. The title of this morning's message is Jesus Christ is Right. It kind of seems elementary perhaps, but it's probably one of the most important messages that can be preached from a pulpit in a Bible-believing church this day. Jesus is Christ. And I want to just tell you, this is a statement of faith, my own personal faith. It is a statement of the direction in which I intend to lead our church. It's the statement about the burden of my soul. But more importantly than all the things that include me, it is the statement of the message of the Bible. It's the statement of the message of the hope of all men. It's the message of the gospel. Jesus Christ is right. Jesus Christ is right. We look with me at our text this morning. We begin reading here. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 22, the Bible says this, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. 
Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. I just want you to know, folks, Jesus Christ is right. Look at verse number 29 with me. I know that the way that this is written, I believe and trust that it's the inerrant word of God. And I understand the way that it's written. It's not necessarily easily understood at first glance. Glimpse. If you ever, uh, I need to say that word right, glimpse. There it is. At first glance or first glimpse. The, both of those are fine, but I, I mixed the two up. At verse 29. At first glance, it seems a little bit confusing perhaps. The Bible says, if ye know that he is righteous... You know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. The first time I see that, I think, well, Jesus, of course, is righteous and does righteousness. And so I understand that Jesus is righteous. But then it says, everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. The first thing that crosses my mind is everybody that does good is saved. But that's not what the Bible teaches there at all. Everyone that does right, anybody that does righteous, anybody that does something good is born of him. That's not what this teaches. That doesn't make sense when you compare scripture with scripture. But what does it mean? If you know that he is righteous, now Jesus is righteous, that means he is perfectly right. He is perfectly right. He is righteous. Perfectly right. Hallelujah. And he is. If ye know that he is righteous, and he is perfectly right, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. If you want to do what is right, if you want to be righteous yourself, then you're going to have to believe that Jesus is right. Everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. If you're doing right, if you're putting your trust in the right place, if you've made the right authority in your life, if you are doing righteousness, if, you have, if you're saved, if you are righteous and you do righteousness, that means that you are trusting in Christ and Christ alone. This verse is one of many very exclusive verses that make it clear that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only righteousness that can make us righteous. I just want you to know, very plainly spoken, Jesus is right. Jesus is right. Jesus is right. The Bible says something like this, let every man be a liar and Jesus right. Jesus is right. Don't forget it. Jesus Christ is right. Look what the Bible says in verse number 22. It starts with a pretty straightforward 
sentence. The Bible says, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? <laughs> it makes it very plain. If you deny that Jesus is Christ, you're a liar. The truth's not in you. Jesus is right. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Why is it important that that is in there? Jesus is the Christ. I want to talk to you just a minute about Jesus Christ. You know, the whole world literally acknowledges that there is a Jesus. Now, I used to say this very boldly that every, the whole world acknowledges that there's a Jesus because we set our calendars by Jesus. I mean, in the year of our Lord, 2023 is where we're at this day and time. In China, it's the year of our Lord, 2023. And Japan, it's the year of our Lord, 2023. All over the world, it is the year 2023. I did hear in the last few weeks, literally, that there are people who are denying Jesus in their dating systems and they're turning their backs on Christ. I'm not surprised. I'm not blown away by that. I mean, we're obliterating and society is doing everything it can and the devil is doing everything it can to obliterate uh, the reliability and the credibility of Jesus. But here, I want you to know something. We believe and acknowledge and know and stand on the fact that Jesus is the Christ. We'll talk about this this morning. Jesus Christ is right. Number one, him that is truth is our first point. Him that is truth. It's fascinating. Often folks want to know what is the truth. I want to know what is the truth. I'm looking and I'm seeking and searching for truth. What is the truth? But the Bible over and over again presents to us not what is the truth, but who is the truth. And him, Jesus Christ, is the truth. Him, that is truth. He's the truth. We see that he's the truth. Jesus is the Christ. Why is it important that Jesus is Christ? I'll tell you why. Jesus that was born in Bethlehem's manger to the Virgin Mary. You remember him? There's only been one of him ever. Jesus that was born in Bethlehem's manger that was raised up in the city of Nazareth that was a carpenter. Jesus who in his early 30s, began to minister and do his earthly work. And he went about everywhere he went preaching and teaching and proclaiming that he was God in the flesh, that he was equal with God, that he was the only way to heaven, that God had sent him. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And Jesus, the very Jesus that we talk about today, he was crucified on a cruel cross. He died. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He is the Christ. Now, I want you to know something. That is Jesus the Christ. Now, have there been other people who were cruelly tried and crucified for things they didn't do? Yes. But could they pay the price for your and I's sins? No. Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem's manger, raised in Nazareth, crucified on the cross, buried in a bar tomb, risen again, ascended into heaven, preparing a place for us for all of eternity. There's only one of them. That Jesus is the Christ, and that Jesus fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies. He was pictured in the story of Adam and Eve and the first lamb that was slain, the first blood that was slain to cover the sins. He was pictured in the Old Testament law all through the Old Testament. And there's only one Jesus that could ever die on the cross and pay for our sins. It was the Jesus we worship and serve is written about in the Bible. This is Jesus the Christ. He's the only hope for the forgiveness of our sins. Him. It's Him. 
Jesus is right. It's him that is truth. He's the Christ. Look, don't accept anybody else's Christ. Don't accept anybody else's Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible is the only hope for the redemption of mankind. The only hope you have for going to heaven is the fact that Jesus, that Jesus more than 2,000 years ago that died on the cross for your sins, that's our hope. It's him that is truth. It's him, the Bible says in verse number 22, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He's antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. He's against Jesus. He's an antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Look here, the Bible brings the two together. God the Father and God the Son, the Bible continues in verse number 23. Whosoever, that includes everybody, anybody, whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. Do you understand that? If you deny that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh and the only way of salvation, you also deny the Father. There's lots of people who want to say, you know, I believe in God But the whole Jesus thing, uh, you know what the Bible says? You're deceived and you don't believe in God. You don't believe in God. You may acknowledge that there's some creator, but your faith is not in God. And your faith does not please God because you cannot deny Jesus Christ and love God. You cannot deny Jesus Christ and even have a sound faith in God that created you. You see, Jesus is right. Him, it's Him that is truth. It's fun to watch how the Bible presents Jesus as truth, the person of Jesus as the truth. The Bible begins in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The world was created by Him and He's called the Word. Why do you call Jesus the Word? Because I'm just going to tell you, He is the truth. He is the word. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's true. He's the truth. Listen, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ is right. He's right. He's right. I love what was said many, many years ago before I discovered America. Someone very wisely stated about Jesus That Jesus is one of three things. He's either the Lord, or he's a lunatic, or he's a liar. You see, Jesus told everybody that he came in contact with. I just read last week a story of Jesus in the synagogue. When he was telling the folks in the synagogue, he was reading Old Testament passages of the coming Messiah. And he declared to that synagogue and those group of peoples, he said, I want you to know something. The Bible is talking about me. I am that Messiah. Jesus himself declared himself to be God. He declared himself to be equal with God. He declared himself that he would rise again from the dead. And let me tell you, if he is not and did not do any of those things, he's a liar. Or a lunatic. But I'll just tell you something. I know he's not a lunatic. I know he's not a liar. 
And therefore, he must be who he says he is. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord of our life. He is our Savior. He is right. Jesus is right. Him, that is truth. Look at the Bible says in verse number 27. The Bible continues and gives us the same theme. The anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. The Bible's talking about this anointing. And the word anointing is not something to be afraid of. But I'll just tell you, when I got saved, it became very evident that Jesus Christ was everything he said he was. And Jesus was truth. The Lord changed my life when I repented of my sins and put my trust in him. I can't explain it to you all, but I know what the Bible says about old things passed away, all things become new. I felt the spirit of God in my life, and I knew that God had forgiven me my sins. One police officer that got saved in our church in North Carolina, he got up from getting saved. He'd walk the aisle with, a, with his uniform on. That has nothing to do with it, really, but it was kind of fun to watch how God worked in his heart. He walked the aisle in uniform and knelt at the altar, and one of our men helped him and talked to him and showed him from the Bible how he could be saved. And he stood up and he said, he looked at me as soon as the service over, he said, I feel like the weight of the world's been lifted off my shoulders. God saved his soul. I'm thankful for that. You see, him is truth, and God, by spirit, will Speak to you and work in your heart. He'll encourage you. He'll prove himself to you. It's him that is truth. He's truth. He's truth. He's right. Now, folks, if you want to be right, guess what you have to do? You've got to acknowledge that he's right. Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth. Let's consider this, number one, him, that is truth. Number two, them that seduce. Them that seduce. Now, the Bible warns us over and over again that in the last days, perilous times shall be, will come. Men will be loved their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud. The Bible warns us about those that will seduce you and try to trick you and fool you and trap you. And so the Scripture says here in verse number uh, 27, I'm sorry, verse... Verse number 25, them that seduce. In verse 25, the Bible says, this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. Now, that's a beautiful verse. I love that verse. It stands alone. People use it alone all the time. And it's really great. God has promised through Jesus that we can have every life. Isn't that great? How many of you are thankful that you have the promise of eternal life? I am. Hallelujah. Eternal life. Now, how many of you... Apart from the Bible way to heaven, how many of you think you've got an alternative route to eternal life figured out somehow? How many of you think you've got one? There's lots of people who think they do. Now, Jesus says now, I mean, the Scripture says here in, in 1 John that Jesus is righteous and he is truth and he is the way to eternal life. You believe in Jesus that he died on the cross for your sins, you repent of your sins, you put your trust in him. Hey, look, Jesus is the way to heaven. I, I used to sing this little song, Jesus is the ticket to heaven. <laughs> it's good. He is. He's the, he's the road to heaven. He's the path to heaven. He's the means by which we go to heaven and have eternal life with Christ. 
Everlasting life, it's great. Eternal life, it's sweet. But the Bible says here, and it, it just it, it reminds us of something. This is the promise that he hath, he, Jesus, hath provide, promised us even eternal life. But verse 26, look what it says. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. The reason he's telling us that Jesus is right is because there's people who are seducing us and trying to seduce the population and seduce people for whom Jesus died. They're trying to seduce people into believing some other way to heaven other than Jesus. Them that seduce. Now, when you think about them that seduce for just a minute, those folks who, with gracious words and nice-looking facades, present to us a, a message that is contrary to the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Oh, how many times have I had this conversation with people who have pathos in their voice and smiles on their faces and attend churches regularly. And are religious. And we have this conversation. I'll say something like, you know, Jesus is right. Jesus is the only way to heaven. (laughs) Now, preacher, this is 2023. And you know, today we're at the post office. And we all got to the post office today. And we're all at the post office, but we came to the post office in different cars and by different means on different roads. And I believe with my whole heart that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven my way because God is love. And I know I'm being a bit of a smart aleck and I don't really like that spirit. But I'm trying to show, I mean, you hear it, you've heard it. It's these soft-spoken words that, oh, it's so nice. But I don't care how nice you are. If you're telling somebody a lie, you can say lies as nice as you. And that's how the devil works. He's a seducer. He's a seducer. He's doing his best to make you feel good about going to hell. And he's succeeding in so many ways. And lots of times he's using churches and preachers to let people think somehow that there's some good deed you can do that will get you saved and get you to heaven. It's a lie from hell. They're seducers. I don't like that people are dying and going to hell. But I've been exposed to the Bible, the truth of the Word of God, and that Jesus Christ has told us plainly that He's the only way to heaven, that He is the Christ, and He is right. And I can't stand the thoughts of someone seducing some innocent person into believing that there's some religious act that will get them to heaven. With God's help, and yours too, may this church... Stand on the truth that Jesus is right. And there are people with soft words and mealy-mouthed messages of modern goodness that are sending people straight to hell. They're seducers. They're antichrist. They're full of the devil. The world's full of nice facades and heart-throbbing missions. Feeding the poor. And I'm for it. Clothing the children and 
Educating and medical this and that. And I'm for those things. But if you think somehow you can just do some good thing and satisfy the righteous demands of God, you're wrong. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He's the only way to heaven. And don't let anybody seduce you into believing something else. Don't let folks in suits and ties and behind pulpits tell you that there's some way to discount the authority of the Word of God, to discount the righteousness that is declared in God's Word, to discount the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And I'll tell you something. We separate ourselves from a lot of mainline religion, and that's fine. Because I don't want to answer to God for making somebody feel good about going to hell when I know that Jesus saved my soul. Jesus is right. I'm not saying Cody's right. I know when I get to heaven, I'm going to find out there's a lot of things I wasn't right about. But there's something I can tell you real plain. Jesus is right. That's the Bible. One, him that is truth. Number two, them that seduce. Oh, beware. Beware. Folks, if Jesus is right, if Jesus was right when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, all them who say that he's not the only way to heaven are wrong. All those folks who say somehow, I believe in God, but this Jesus thing, <laughs> the Bible says it's impossible. May the Lord help us. If Jesus is right, and he is, anyone who denies him as the Savior is wrong. How many of you love when somebody tells you you're wrong? I hate it, actually, at first. But I'll tell you, when I found out I'm wrong, I make things right, I'm really thankful to have got that straightened out. I'm really thankful to have got that fixed. I'm really thankful And I'll just tell you, if you've believed somehow a lie that the devil's told you that there's other ways to heaven other than Jesus Christ, you are living in opposition to God's word, and you are wrong. But if you'll get it right, you'll find out that the Spirit of God that dwells in the hearts of people who get saved and trust in Christ by faith as their Savior is right and sweet and good. Hey, Jesus Christ is right. One Him that... Is truth, them that seduce, and finally, number three, you that abide. I know in a crowd this size and going to school and your workplaces and around the philosophies of this world and secularism, I know that there have been moments where you're tempted to discount God. You're tempted to discount Him as Creator. You're tempted to discount Him As Savior, you're tempted to discount Jesus as the only way to heaven. You're tempted to discount and discredit and begin to, you know, I I know what the Bible says, but I've got a little more progressive way of, I I know that you've been tempted to think that way. Hey, look, it happens in my own study. I read after people that I don't agree with, but they can make some decent arguments against things that I believe wholeheartedly in the Scripture. But I'm just going to tell you something. If I have to choose to put my trust in some secular scientist or the Bible, 
There's no question. There's no question. How many of you ever known of scientists who've said things and declared it to be science and true, but later have had to come back and say, oopsie? Those people have got followings of folks. You know, Darwin, he was a real smart fella. And he wrote this origin of species. And uh, the world just fell all over themselves to believe the origin of species because they didn't love God. They denied God. They loved the origin of species and the idea of the way evolution has come about through millions and billions of years. Oh, man, they fell all over themselves to believe the origin of species. But do you know something? What's that guy's name that wrote the origin of species? I forgot his name for real. I can't remember it. Somebody help me. Darwin. Charles Darwin. I'm telling you. I forgot Ruth's name one time. (laughs) Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin, when he was dying, disbelieved and stated his disbelief in his own greatest work. Now look, you can trust in something that the guy who wrote it didn't even believe it. Or you can trust in the Bible that for thousands of years has been proven itself reliable. And I'm just going to tell you, I know what I'm going to trust. God's Word. And I know that you're tempted. It happens. You're tempted to disbelieve in the exclusive Savior, which is Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us this. The Bible tells us that we need to determine to abide. Look at the scripture says in verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. Who's from the beginning? Jesus. He's the word from the beginning. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. The word abide. What's it mean? Stay with it. Don't leave. Remain. What are we to do? When you're tempted to disbelieve God is creator and Jesus is only savior. Hey, listen, abide in the word. Abide in the truth. The scripture says, let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, let it remain in you. Ye also shall continue in the son and in the father. What's the word of God? Hey, listen, Jesus Christ is right. And no matter what you're tempted to do, In disbelieving the exclusive fact that Jesus is our only Savior. Listen, abide in the truth. Remain in the truth. Continue in the truth. And who in the world is the truth? I'm glad you asked. Jesus is the truth. Folks, Jesus is right. Jesus is right. And with God's help, may we never deny Him as God. May we never deny Him as Lord and Savior. May we never deny Him as Creator. May we always acknowledge and preach the fact that Jesus is right. Jesus is right. Because He is. What's our hope for everlasting life? Our hope for eternal life is in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus. If you're here today and you've never been saved, God's beginning to work in your heart. How can I know that God's beginning to work in my heart? I'll tell you, the first thing that God does is He shows you 
And he gives you a sense of the guilt of sin in your life. You feel guilty? (laughs) That's okay. It's God, as your loving father, beginning to chastise you and show you that you're a sinner. What's the penalty for sin? I mean, have you sinned? Are you a sinner? The answer is yes. What's the penalty for sin? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The penalty for sin is judgment and hell. So how can I deal with my sin? Some people have this idea that they can do it somehow without Jesus. Like you can be good and go to church on a Sunday morning. I'm glad you're here. It's good. But that's not what gets you to heaven. That's not what satisfies the demand of God. That's not what washes you clean from the sin in your life. How can I have the sin forgiven? The Bible says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just forgive us our sin. Cleanses from all unrighteousness. The Bible says, with the heart, man believes. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross? Do you believe that he rose again from the dead? Do you believe Jesus is right? And the only Savior? With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Has there ever been a time in your life where you repent of your sin? And ask Jesus to come into your heart. It looks different for different folks. For me, I was just a boy. And I asked Jesus, I said, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart, save me. And the Lord heard my faith and prayer. He forgave me. I got saved, changed my life. I'm thankful. You're here today and you've never been saved. There's never been a time when you got saved. Well, may today be the day. You can pray and ask the Lord to forgive you right where you're at. If you'd like, I've got all kinds of time. When the service is concluded, run me down. We'll talk. I'll show you from the Bible what it means to be saved. But folks, if anybody has tried to convince you that there's any way to heaven other other than through faith in Jesus Christ, they're wrong. They're liars. Jesus is right. I'm thankful. Because I'd hate to have to trust anything else. There's one more verse that I want to share with you. I almost forgot it. Like I forgot Darwin's name. Look what the Bible says in verse 28. Oh, it's so good. Verse 28, the Bible says, Now, little children, abide in him. Now, what we're talking, we're talking about, don't you, don't, don't set your affection anywhere else. You keep looking to Jesus. Abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. What happens when you abide in Christ? When you say, I'm just going to keep trusting in Jesus. What do we get? Confidence. Now the Bible teaches, and I believe it, that the Lord Jesus can return and at any moment. It's good. The more people you get on the other side, the more exciting the potential of a rapture today is. Jesus can come back for his church any moment. It's sweet. It's good. And you know what? I'm confident that when he comes, he's going to take me with him. 
I'm confident if I were to die before I finish this message that I'll spend eternity in heaven. Those of you who know me, you know it's not because I think I'm so good. It's not because I've preached for years. It's not because I studied the Bible. It's not because I never miss a church service. I know that when Jesus comes again or I die, I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I'm confident that Jesus Christ has kept his word. And when I ask him to forgive my sin and be my savior, he did just that. My confidence is in Christ. My confidence is in the fact that Jesus Christ is right. Confidence. You here today? You confident? Not, not confident in your own works. If you have confidence in your works, you're in big trouble. But if you're confident in the fact that Jesus is faithful, you have every reason to be confident. The Bible says in this book of the Bible, all of 1 John has this theme of helping us know that we're saved. In 1 John it says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have everlasting life. The old preacher said, it's a no-so religion. It's not a religion at all. It's a no-so faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, he's right. I'm confident that when I die, I'm going to heaven because Jesus is faithful, because Jesus is right. Have you put your trust in Jesus? Oh, have that confidence. And whatever you do, don't let the devil deceive you, fool you, trick you into somehow believing that the message of the Bible and the person of Jesus Christ is untrue, inaccurate, or incomplete. Jesus is our only Savior. There's no better person to stake your eternity with than the Savior, Creator, God, Jesus Christ. Hey, I just want to say it like this. Jesus Christ is right. Don't forget it. Let's pray.